Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Can one of you guys share a, a testimony over these last year that we've been here that you could just, your favorite story? Nicole? Oh, okay. I can. Oh gosh, there's so many. Uh, I think our baptisms um, were really cool. We did beach baptisms a couple months ago. And um, if y'all know me, I'm from Kentucky. I did not grow up around the ocean. And I do not get in the ocean past my ankles. Okay? But I told Jesus, if people get baptized, I'll go in, Father, in your name. Um, And literally, as we're walking out to the water, uh, Jesse goes, now make sure you do this with your feet because of the stingrays or something. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, I'm already going out in faith for people's souls. Like, gosh. But there was a, the Nesky family. Um, I, I think about them and their daughter um, all got baptized together. And yeah, this is my husband. Yeah. Um, but just seeing that family get baptized and, and sharing in that together and, and, and just doing it as a, ooh, as a team. Um, yeah, that was probably one of, my, one of my favorite memories. There's so many, but that was probably one of the more humorous, fun, but also really powerful um, stories. Yeah. You guys? Now they don't want to talk. All right. Um, gosh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I think when I think about testimonies or stories for our community, I think one of the, one of the coolest ones actually is just all the provision. Um, I guess I talk about that later. I think there's another question coming later for that, but, um, yeah, well, I'll share it anyway. So um, one, of the, one of the cool things that we, we, when we first thought, of, thought about starting this church, we, we thought it, we, we needed a place to, to meet. And some of you guys have heard this story, some of you guys haven't, so I'll just share it real quick. We were driving, the three of us were driving around um, Costa Mesa, up and down, uh, what, Fairview, and I think just Fairview at that point, and, and maybe up and down Baker a little bit, but we were we were trying to find this place that, um, right around this, this place where, where, where Chris had a dream three years ago on, on Baker Street. And so we were looking in the area where we knew there were churches and stuff. And we stopped in a couple churches and um, a couple Spanish-only speaking churches. And, hey, can we, can we, did you guys have any services in the evening? We, could, we might be able to slide into that, that spot, you know, have our church. Um, well, about a week later, Nicole, uh, we, we hear from our friend Segal, um, who's helped us a lot. She's uh, amazing. She says, hey, there's a, a nightclub I found out that uh, I used to work at uh, and, and, and that, uh, that, um, that is looking for a Sunday morning service. And so um, Nicole stops by the nightclub one day afternoon. And, and, and is it a pink Ferrari? What was it? a hot pink Ferrari. And she, someone's trying to get into the car. And so she's knocking on the door and says, hi. And they talks to him. Basically, long story short, we, get, we ended up having a meeting with, um, with one of the, the new owner of the club. It used to be called the Shark Club. And, and they ended up renaming it to the mansion. Hallelujah. And, and renovating the whole thing. And we had this meeting with him and he shows us around the whole place and, and basically says, all of this is yours. By the way, I have two nightclubs in LA that I started Hillsong United out of. And, and this big mega church called Fearless. And we're like, okay, we're listening. And, and we're, and, and, and long story short, um, 
it's just been an incredible ride of being invited into a place like this with, with, with almost, almost no, no, no financial requirements. We, we, ha- we had to pay for some things, but it was almost, I mean, it's just amazing how much um, other people have had to pay for the space. And yet God has just put this, this I, you know, he just, he said, well, why are you doing this? And he goes, well, I just, I want the, the word of God to be heard in our communities. And I don't even know what he believes. Because he has a nightclub. But, but the fact that you know, he recognizes the power of, of having the word of God, having a church community in his community is just amazing. So, um, and then about a month later, we find out, we end up having a meeting with an incredible man um, uh, through a connection of Mariner's Church. We just radically love Mariner's Church. They've just really sowed a lot of wisdom into our lives, into this church plant. And um, had a meeting with this guy, and he just shared a lot about what it means to steward finance. And at the end, and at the end basically, I said, well, hey, we could really use some office space. And he's like, well, come find me on Monday. And that Monday afternoon gives us the keys to our, our church offices. And we have for free. And I'm thinking maybe we should talk about this and, you know, how it's going in three or four months. And he says, I'll, in about a year, in a year, we'll, we'll revisit this and see if it's still working. And we have our kitchen. We have multiple conference rooms. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the, the inside of the, the, the office is the, is the same color scheme of our, of our website and of, of this building, everything. It's just, it, it's funny. It's like the balloons, everything. It's just what God does all the time. So awesome. anyway. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, what is your favorite or most memorable miracle? I know there's a lot, so narrow it down to one. That's happened on a Sunday. Sunday morning miracle. Uh, there was an awesome miracle that happened. It's fun when you, when you get to minister in places regularly, you can remember where in the room stuff happened. It's a really cool thing just to, to look around because you can walk through the room and you'd be like, wow, that's where the person got healed of this. That's where that mother that couldn't conceive a baby could now conceive a baby. Like you just, it's amazing to be in a space, especially a nightclub where that kind of stuff happens regularly. But I remember uh, there was some visitors, we had a guest ministry here and uh, they were speaking and during the transition, one of the team got a word of knowledge. Uh, a word of knowledge is God showing you something that you couldn't know. Does that make sense? Uh, that someone was being healed and given a new thyroid. The, the word was called out. Someone here is getting a brand new thyroid. Well, there was a woman sitting over, I think it was in that booth right there where these two gentlemen are, and she had th- uh, stage three thyroid cancer. She had a tumor on her thyroid. Uh, when she heard that word, she didn't even realize it was for her. She didn't even think about it. At the end of the service, her friends were like, wasn't that crazy that they called that out? And they even pointed in the direction that you're sitting. And they said, God's given somebody a brand new thyroid over here. And she said, that was pretty crazy. And she took it kind of at that moment for herself. Well, she went back to the doctor that week. There was absolutely no cancer in her body anymore. I'm going to go super basic. Happens every Sunday, you guys showing up. That's, that's the miracle right there. Something that I'm thankful for right there. That's it. Just on that note, um, it's just crazy. I think about this incredible leadership team and you amazing people that all come here and worship. And um, I've just been, I, I, we were sitting in staff meeting one, one week and I just realized I'm the only one that's, that's from here out of you guys. Like, God brought you to my hometown to bring the gospel and to bring the kingdom to, like, my stomping ground. And um, 
it was just, it was honestly incredible to, to be from Huntington Beach and um, to just want more of God and want to see his kingdom come, want to see people set free, um, want to see people know who they are in Jesus and have that passion and um, make like a lot of people weirded out and <laughs> frustrate people and and um, upset people and, and not really find my tribe. And, um, and then f- after years of just being like, God, I, I know that if I can just even just get together with some friends and just pray, I know that it's gonna make a difference and your kingdom's gonna come. And to see this happening is a huge, um, just, it's amazing. It's a miracle. Yeah. And uh, honestly, yeah, I just, I'm like, I can't believe this. Like, it's like, it makes me feel like a little bit like, oh my God, God really loves me in particular. Because <laughs> he brought all these people here to my, to my county, you know, Just to where I live. Guys. And he's like doing this incredible thing here. I remember um, one of my, I, I so always remember because I, I know the woman, she's amazing, but um, it's a fun testimony. Um, I, was, uh, I was hanging out up front and it was afterwards and, and this amazing woman comes up to me and says, Jesse, I don't know how to share this testimony, but I'll just tell you. And, uh, and she, when she came in in the morning before church started is when we had our kids' church in the, uh, in the, in the speakeasy over there. What's that? And, yes, I am. <laughs> she asked me if I'm going to share this testimony. I said, yep. And, um, and, and, and she's in there with our friend Todd Castleberry and Chloe and... and um, and she's in there and she starts talking about how these kidney stones are hurting and all that stuff. And, and they start talking about homeopathic ways to get rid of them. And Todd comes up and says, well, I know a good doctor. And, uh, and, and he says, his name's Dr. Jesus. And, and so, he's, so he starts to pray for her. And, um, and you know, after that, you know, once the service started, she went to the bathroom. And so, she, so she's coming up after, afterwards. She's telling Jessica, I don't know how to share this testimony, but, um, but I, I couldn't. Uh, I, I, it's been years since I've ever gone to the bathroom without a lot of pain. And I went into the bathroom after they prayed for me. And for the first time in years, um, I just had no pain at all. I have never gone to the bathroom without, and she's just, she's like, I was just crying in the bathroom. And I'm like, I'm crying right now. And it was just awesome. Um, and then uh, another woman, uh, another great, amazing testimony is scoliosis from like, like young age, like I think teens or something like that, just a young girl, and got completely straightened up in the service today, completely straightened up. And um, yeah, I was also, I was thinking this morning too, like I, I, we have a, a, a communication app called Slack that we, we keep track of all of our testimonies. And I was like thumbing through them last night and I couldn't pick one out because there's just so many. And if, I wish you could count how many legs have grown out in this community. So if you have a, like a leg is too short, like it's just gonna happen today. We're gonna pray for you after the service or something. So it's just so funny to watch the legs grow out. But anything else you think of? Hey, what was, if you have any, the most memorable worship set? Anything crazy like during worship or anything like that? Okay, so this one's my favorite. I'm a little biased because I was preaching that day, but the day that confetti fell, who was here? Any of y'all here? Okay, yeah. That was just so fun, just God's detail. Um, and in the confetti, I remember I was, you know, I was standing up here and we try not to like 
make it really weird, you know? We're like, God is really cool, and we know he's good, and he does fun things, and he's in the details, but we don't always bring attention to things like that, and I saw in this back corner, like, you know, I mean, they have confetti here the night before, so it's not uncommon that confetti would fall right here. Yes, Rosella. But I saw it in the back corner, and I was, you know, like mid, mid word, and I'm like, okay, God, fun, thank you for that. And then it happened like over here, and then it happened again right here, um, and it was coming down from the middle, and it was just, yeah, that was my favorite. And I believe that the worship team just kind of like ushered us in to that, and so that was that was probably my favorite. Man, um, it's just really fun to worship with you guys. Really, just amazing. You're. It's really easy to leave this room and worship. I, one of my memorable moments was like we had just ended a song and it was like kind of quiet. And then the smoke machine just like <laughs> turned on <laughs> and shot like all this smoke in this like totally inappropriate moment. Like, it wasn't, it just, there wasn't anything like graceful about it. It was just awesome. It's kind of on the confetti note, you know, that was, that was like a lot of glory on that, you know. Um, honestly, I, they all kind of like blur together for me because I just, it's like one encounter after another. Um, I'm just honored to have so many incredible anointed worship leaders that, that are, you know, really love Jesus and are just passionate about just singing it praise to him. Yeah, have you guys had a, uh, a dream or vision that was gnarly and you guys want to share like anything regarding that it's like a dream of something that happened or maybe a vision of something before it happened or anything on that line yeah i think it's it's funny because the last question i was going to answer it with this story which is a dream and a vision too but um favorite worship set and dream or vision our first sunday just being here in worship i i just wept on the floor because jesse alluded to it but in the end of 2012, I, I was in another state, I was ministering, and I had a dream that I was standing on Baker Street underneath the 55 freeway, and I was looking west down Baker Street, and I saw a building that was dark inside with many, many people, most many young adults, with their hands in the air, and they're all facing this direction, worshiping Jesus. Wow. Um, and so... Yep. I think to to sit here, you know, fast forward three years to to sit here during a worship set and be like, wow, God, you put something that was your desire, that maybe something I'd asked for, maybe something I'd thought about that was, but was bigger than anything I could plan for. You dropped it into my spirit in the middle of the night when I wasn't even doing anything. And uh, fast forward a few years, it all happens. Uh, just want to encourage you, if you're sitting here, you probably have some dreams in your heart that uh, God's put in there. You know, you might have been, you might be a Christian for 20, 30, 40 years and God spoke to you stuff the first couple of years of your Christian walk that right now in this season of what God's doing in this region, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So I wanna bless you with that. Um, if, if that makes sense to you, what I just said, if your heart's burning with what I just said, we said we we're gonna do a little ministry during the question and answer time because it's fun. But if that makes sense, if your heart was burning while I was just talking to you and it makes sense to you, stand up right now, we're gonna pray for you. Because God's put dreams in your heart that maybe have been there a really long time that God's actually gonna cause to come to very quick fruition even in this season. 
Yeah. Jesse, why don't you pray? You want to pray over that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, so I'm so glad we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, just uh, you hold your hands out in front of you, or put your hand on your heart, whatever you're feeling. Whew. Wow. Oh, come on. Yeah, the first thing I just, I, let's just, I just want to speak over each of these dreams, and I just want to speak, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. A friend of mine said that hope never disappoints. It never lets you down. Get your hopes up. And I just want to release that God has is, is not forgotten these dreams. Whew. Yeah, Father, I pray that you would, uh, you would bring their hearts and minds and align it with your dream, God, for this dream. Yeah. Yeah, God, I thank you, Lord. We just release the action. We release the power. We release the open doors over each person here, God. And we just thank you for dreams, that you love dreams. The dream fulfilled is a tree of life, God. Yeah, come on. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you guys can sit down. Come on, God. Hey, can one of you guys share that story? I know that Chappie was painting a painting and like there was something miraculous involved with that. Do you want us to really share that one? Sure. Yeah. Um, I was like, I don't know if we're going to share this testimony. We don't share all of the miraculous stuff with everybody because we don't want to be too offensive to people that aren't ready to hear some of the things that God does. You know, God is a miracle working God. When, when God delivered Israel from Egypt, he actually made the Red Sea split and, and, and Israel walked across dry ground, you know, like, like God's a miracle working God. He made the sun stay still in the sky so Joshua could win a battle. Like, like these are real events. These aren't just like fictitious metaphors that like, you know, p- people made up thousands of years ago. They're like, oh, this would sound cool to exaggerate what God's like. Like these are actually real things that happen. And uh, we don't always share everything because we just, we just, <laughs> we want to, we want to, we want to get people where they're ready. Does that make sense? Like, like, but Jesus is king. Like he's, he actually created everything. He can do anything he wants. Well, uh, during one of the services, Chappie was painting and uh, there was a gal here. She's an awesome gal, part of the community. And she was watching the painting. It was a painting of a dancer. And the dancer had, what was the color on the arm? Purple. It was a purple color coming off the arm or red or something like that coming off the arm. And this person that was here, they were like, that's me. God's speaking to me. That's me in the painting about like, like worship and, and giving expression, giving glory to God. Well, as she's watching the painting, she, she looks down at her arm and her arm, the same arm as the arm of the painter has paint down her arm. Now, mind you, she's not been anywhere near the painting. She's not been anywhere near paint that day. She's wearing a white blouse, I believe, and there's paint actually on her arm and even underneath her blouse, uh, under her arm. And um, that was kind of weird. <laughs> now, now, some of us, maybe we're here in this room, we're like, I don't really believe that. Well, I didn't really believe it either until it happened again to somebody else. So, mind you, God can do as he pleases. Psalm 115, the Lord is good. He does as he pleases. Um, we called kind of a mentor uh, here from up in Northern California uh, at Bethel up there. We, we asked him, he said, hey, like, you ever had anything like this happen? And she said, not that specifically, but the Hebrew word for paint is the same word as to anoint. Yeah. 
And uh, the word anoint literally means God smears us with his presence. So... So for God to paint his people is, isn't that hard for him. You guys have anything else? Sir? I just want to add, you know, why would he do that? You know, why? Like, I, I need to know why. Well, here's a neat insight into that. While she was looking at the painting, she just felt like, God, I, that, that, that's for me. I need that painting. And I think, I think I'm supposed to have that painting. And, and so she, she takes a picture of it and she goes, she goes up to talk to Chappie. Well, while she's doing that, she overhears somebody else say, that painting's for me. And so she's like, oh, well, maybe, maybe it's not for me. And she starts walking away. And that's when she noticed that there was paint all over her arm. And uh, she actually had to wash the shirt and all that stuff. And so it's, why would God do that? Because he really loves us. And he loves to show it in some really fun um, unavoidable waves. So, um, but yeah, do you want to, should we have Chappie share about the paint right, painting right now? What, can you come over for a second? This is, this is Chapman Hamburg. We, he, he's our director of, uh, of creativity for good reason. And it's Gus's brother. Hey everyone. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I just wanted to paint today cause it's our one year anniversary and super stoked and um, I was asking God, like, what's your heart for us right now? Like, what do you want me to paint? And then um, someone actually gave a word similar to this to me, um, but I really felt like it was God's heart for all of us and for our church. And like, it's only been one year, and, um, but yet there's so much fruit and so many amazing miracles and so many testimonies, so many lives transformed. And just, like, thinking about all of it is just, like, mind-blowing. Like, this ha all happened in one year. And, like, we've grown so much. Like, the painting in the tree, or the, the tree in the painting, um, it looks much older than a, a one-year-old tree. And it's bearing lots of fruit. And the sun is just, like, shining on it. And then I also just sense Father God's heart, just, like, a super proud father. Just, like, you know how there's parents that like just like brag about their kids like oh my kids are so awesome you're like okay yeah every parent every parent thinks their kids are great and I just saw him just like super just like smug and overjoyed just like adoring us and like like he'd tell someone just like yeah my kids they started this church just in one year like so many miracles and he's just like so proud of us and so just for us and I just feel like this next year is going to be even more and greater. And there's like fruit that's not ripe yet that we haven't even seen like what it's going to be and how great it's going to taste. But there's just more to come. And yeah, just wanted to share that with you. So I know that everyone is going to have probably something for this one. But what is the, the drunkest in the spirit that you guys have, have had. If you can pinpoint a day or... S yeah, can you explain that, Spencer? Yeah, so, you know... <laughs> let's unpack that. So, so being drunk in the spirit, and that's why I used air quotes, it, my head might have been blocking. Um, it's just being overtaken with the spirit. And sometimes when you're really connecting with the creator, uh, you, you do funny stuff. 
And so that's really all it is. And sometimes it does look a little bit like you were drunk on another spirit. But when God initially fell, Holy Spirit came, what did they think of everyone? Speaking in different tongues and that they were drunk. So it sometimes looks like that. Yeah, so if you ever see anyone just laughing um, or they look like they, they were here last night, but they came this morning, uh, that is just the presence of God just overwhelming them, just his goodness all over them. Uh, we have a lot of, air quote, drunk moments in, the, in Jesus together. Uh, gosh, I hope nobody takes this out of context. I can hear it now. I was at, I was at this church on Sunday, and they all get drunk together. Um, don't take it out of context. But we, uh, we have these strategic meetings um, every now and again. And I, I remember we were actually at the, the Edwards house, Jessica's uh, parents. And um, I'm really, like, I love plans. I love planning things out. Um, I love timelines. I carry an old school agenda in my purse. Like, I don't do the iPhone calendar. Like, I write it out like 96-year-old grandma. Um, I just, I love planning and I love partnering with God in it. But a lot of times when I go super strong and trying to plan everything out, I miss what he's doing or I can miss what he wants to do. And so I remember we got together and we're all worshiping and um, we're just hanging out beforehand before we go into our little meeting. And I kid you guys not, I couldn't talk the entire meeting. It is very unlike me to not talk. But at our strategic meeting, and I, and I mean, I had been thinking about this meeting. I had been preparing and planning. I had a list of things to go over to get through our three-year plan, our five-year plan, our next two-week plan. Like, I had it all ready to go. Um, and God's presence just overwhelmed me. And I literally, we sat on, um, on a boat. <laughs> and I literally just sat in the boat like, whatever you guys say, like... <laughs> I feel paralyzed. I literally, no plans. What's the vision? God, give us a vision. And that was the day that the Lord literally wrote our mission statement or our vision or whatever you want to call it. He literally wrote that. We did not. We came with, with our own brains and our own thoughts and our own plans, but the Lord planned it out for us. And so that, that's my favorite moment because I'm like, oh, that's not unlike me, God. Thank you, Lord. And that morning I had been reading before our, our meeting, I had been reading, God, uh, Jesus, Jesus calling devotional. And, and it was just like, you know, rest in the Lord, rely on him. Don't try and run ahead of him. And I was like, God, I just, I just want to rely on you. I don't want to run ahead of you. And so he just shut me up. You know, <laughs> you got to be careful what you ask the Lord to do, because he'll just silence you and show you what he wants. But that was, that was my favorite, favorite moment. I also have recordings of Jesse just sprung out on the floor, worshiping Jesus. Um, I record them when they don't think that anyone is. And I was like, oh my, get this now. Um, just visions that God's given them and what's God, what God is speaking over them. Um, but many of times just going into worship with these guys and this team and just being overwhelmed by just God's love and presence and vision for this church. So, yeah. I just want to say, I just love this family so much. And our heart is family. And it's a big church, so sometimes people might feel lost. But um, I just want to say I love you guys. If I haven't met you, I'm sorry, but I want to. 
Um, and we started, it's amazing how God does this because, um, I mean, Chris and I have known each other since, what, 02, standing in the living room, holding out our hands, Holy Spirit come, I guess, that, is that how we do it? I mean, just experimenting, trying to like figure out how do we have more intimacy with God? How do we get to know God more? And from my brother knowing Gus and them doing Share House and the whole heart behind it was intimacy and family and love and just encountering God and knowing God more. And um, our little groups that we had started and then meeting Jesse before we were married and it was like, we just wanted to do create family, just eat together, just hang out with God, just meet together. And then Nicole coming on the scene with Laguna family and just the whole beginning of this church, the heart is family and intimacy with God. And um, I just, I, I pray and hope that everyone here feels a part of the family and feels like they're growing in intimacy with God because that's why we started this. And that's what we were doing before we even got this building is just um, just hanging out with Papa God and each other. So, yeah. So good. I love seeing you guys when you speak get like blasted. That's really funny as a member of the congregation when you guys get up here and it like, I could tell you're a little under the influence and you guys are having a hard time getting it out. That's one of my favorite <laughs> moments. Can you, you share a few things about the, the financial journey? Um, I know you spoke a little bit about the building and how we got that, um, but just some other, some other areas of finance and, and some of our giving that we do. You know, I, I, I kind of planted this question um, only because I just want to bring you guys into a little bit of, the, of that aspect that maybe you guys have never heard about. Um, we take an offering every week, and we don't do it. Um, we don't do it because we need money. Um, God's our provider; um, He always has and always will be. But but we get to we get the opportunity to give to the kingdom every week. We get to sow into what God's doing. And so I just want to share a little about some of the stuff that the, we as a church have done. Um, some of the things. What do we do with the money that we comes in? A lot of it, honestly, a lot of it pays for um, the ability for us to keep doing this and, and us to really devote our lives to during the week and stuff. But a lot of the money also, we, we give um, at least 10%, sometimes 10 to 20%, depending on what's going on that week. Like we, when the Dan Muller conference was here, we paid for that outright so that Dan could get the full offering. Uh, we'd have to split it with him for the conference. Um, we, uh, we, every month we try to give away money. We've, we've give to a, an organization called Glad World, Joel and Lacey Hill. Joel, Joel and Lacey spoke here one time. It was just, it was the most fun nights, days we've ever had. Um, they're in Thailand seeing incredible miracles, um, going around Buddhist temples and creating crowds everywhere they go because people just start getting healed. So we actually, just so you know, we partner with Glad World every month now. Uh, it's a monthly donation. We just have it written into the books. Um, we also have been, we've given to other churches. Um, we just want to, we want to, we want to embarrass other churches. Um, and it's so fun. Um, the other day we got to, this is a fun story. There was a, uh, we just, and, and part of it too, we just want to do it with God. We want to create rules. We actually want to do it in relationship with him. And I don't mind rules, but I, I just felt it would be more fun if we just kind of ask God every month, what do you want us to do with your money? And, um, it's his. And so uh, Spencer actually helps with that. And, and so we, we, we thought, well, wouldn't it be fun if we actually thought of a couple pastors, a couple leaders that we love in, in some of the, the, the churches that we're in relationship with, um, and we just gave them money. And so we, we came up with a great number that we would embarrass him a bit. 
um, that we could, that, and, and we came with two different pastors. And one of the pastors, we, we, we walked over, over to him and, and, uh, and, you know, we just got to check out how he's doing. They said, hey, we just, we just want to sow in as a community. We just want to give you this check. And he looks at us as if like we just, we just, we, we just described a whole new animal that was discovered in Orange County or something, you know? And he's it's, it's like, huh? What? You, no. No, no, guys, come on. I'm like, no, no, really. And we have, you know, Chris and I got to do it. We had big smiles on our faces because it's just fun. If, if you don't give money to people very often, I encourage you to change. Um, be transformed uh, into a money giver. And, uh, and, and just, you know, start with five bucks, five, start with a couple bucks, whatever. And we just gave this guy a check and he's just like, it, to him personally, like sometimes we give to churches, but we felt like we wanted to just sow into him as a leader, as a person. We wanted to value him as someone that, and it could have been a woman, but it would, you know, some other time, but this, this was a guy. <laughs> and so, and he's just like, he, he's like, I don't really know how to receive this. Like just, and we're like, yeah, dude, buy, go, go on a date with your wife or a couple dates, you know, pay, you know, give it to your kids or whatever you want. And he was, it was just so much fun. So that's what we get to do as a community. We get to, um, we, we get to sow into uh, these revival nights we're doing. We get to sow into lots of stuff. So um, that's, I just want to kind of share a little bit. Like we, we have a strong, we just have a core value that 10% of everything that, that we come in goes back out and we just, we don't even think about it. And we just, and, that, and we actually brought Spencer in to make sure it happens. Because sometimes we so just blasted by the idea we get to give and we don't, we don't know who to give because there's so many good places. So Spencer kind of reins us in a little bit. So anyway, I just want to share a little bit of that financial side. So it's fun. It's an honor to, to partner with you guys in, in doing that. So <clears throat> Gus, uh, you kind of stole my story. I was going to give the funny story of the smoke machine, but whatever. Um, so I'm out of funny stories. Can one of you guys share a, a funny thing that has happened on a Sunday morning, um, whether planned or probably unplanned. Can, can I share real quick? Halloween. How many of you guys are here? Right? Is that what you're going to share? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, you gotta... All right. One Sunday we come in to church. It was like the weekend before Halloween. And we walk in and there's literally gowls and ghouls and chainsaws and blood and... <laughs> cobwebs and skeletons everywhere. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, what are we going to do? There was one that was literally like up in the rafters. Like we can't do anything with that. It's, we can't hide that. It's, we can't even reach it. It's like, it's a ghoul. There was like, and then I remember we like hit everything as well as we could. And then, but then one of the doors that we like hit a few things in there, but the door was like slightly ajar. And so like, I remember talking to one girl who was like, the whole time during worship, I was looking at that creepy clown in the (laughs) closet. (laughs) Good times, you know? Jesus, yeah. Um, anybody else have any funny stories? That, that, that's the one. <laughs> Takes a cake. Yeah, we, there's props in the, when we had kids' church in there, you know, you'd find animal heads, props, and you come in, the kids would be jumping on giant floaties from when they had, like, a beach theme in here. <laughs> like, that was the most random. You work, working with a club, you find the most 
a horse head that gets <laughs> running around with a big horse head. I'm like, okay, we need to put that away now. Yeah, in- interesting things happen here. Can you share a little bit about the vision that you guys see the church, the direction that we're moving in? Maybe, you know, a year from today, where are we going to be? Like maybe five years from today. All right. Well, I, um, yeah, I think one thing we think about vision, uh, we, we're, we're careful, and, and you can grab a hold of this too if, if, you, if it applies to you, but we're, we're, we're kind of careful about building a church without God. Um, and so when we think about our vision, you know, we can cast a lot of vision, um, and there is a way that seems right to a man. And, but we're also just like really conscious. And I, I think, you know, Nicole and Chris are great at this. So I think they kind of, I kind of draft off them a little bit, which is why I thought it'd be fun to have them share a little bit. But when you're thinking about a five-year plan and a 10-year plan, you know, you can get caught up in your own vision for your own life. How many of you guys have ever done that? You're just like, I mean, some of us have a lot of really good vision. Like some of us are like, we're like, we know exactly where we're going, what we want, the kind of husband we want, the kind of wife we want. Like, we got some really good ideas. And I think when you're building an organization, it feels really wise to have all these, you know, these, these goals and visions and things planned out. And it, and it is actually really wise. Um, I think there's a lot of scripture that backs up, you know, casting vision, writing the vision down and running with it. Um, and... And I think we've been really cautious of, of building church, building an organization the way we've seen it done. Um, because it's clear what's happening here is supernatural. It's incredible. Um, again and again. Um, and so, so when we think about what's the vision, honestly, what we're starting, we, we, the question we kind of default to is what's God calling us to do? Um, what's, God, what's God's calling this community to do? And so I, if I were to say what I feel like God's calling this next year, it, it feels more outward focused. It feels like we were, we were figuring out how to do this well so that people feel safe um, when they come to a church service. We do a lot of dangerous things here. Um, I like to tell people um, that, uh, you know, when they ask us, Jesse, what do you, what, what, what's the secret to building a church? Or tell me, how, how did you guys build this church? And I, I said, you know, our heart is to make this a really safe place for people to be dangerous in. And so, I mean, the gospel is, is, is anything but safe, okay? God is not a safe God. He's, he's a gentle, kind, and he makes you feel really safe, but he calls us to some really radical things. We used to joke that uh, we're all part of a cult, and to join this cult, you have to drink the senior leader's blood and eat his flesh. That, that, that's an intense group, right? Like, you know, I mean, hey, you should be a Christian, all you got to do is drink of the senior leader's um, blood and, and eat his flesh. And you're like, yeah, I, I've heard of other, other places that are, that are a lot more easy to get into. And so it's like, you know, the, the gospel is, is, is it's literally, it's, it's lay your life down for somebody. And that's scary. You know, and so we, we have a high value for activating people. If you've been here for very long, you've taken one of our Hearing from God class where we, we teach about prophecy. You probably prayed for somebody in this congregation if if for, for, for healing, and that's scary for a lot of us. It still is scary, even after you do it. So we've been working a lot on this year in creating a safe place that people can come on a Sunday morning and, and not get too freaked out, okay? 
Um, we don't do worship the same way every time. We don't, uh, sometimes we sing songs that aren't actually up on the screen and that's scary for a lot of people and I get it. So we try to create a really safe environment of love and understanding and relationship. But God is a, he's a radical, risky, dangerously loving God. And he goes into dangerous places. And I really feel like that we've created an incredible foundation of safe people, you guys. And that I think, we're, we're, I think God's calling us to start just really just busting out of this place. And, and I, you know, look for, I, I really believe we're going to start seeing more outreach happening um, spontaneously, because it is happening spontaneously. You should hear the testimonies. But also, I think more, more form, more structured um, times. Um, I, I, I feel like God's going to start opening doors more in, in other places for us to do worship nights. Um, we're doing the worship nights with, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're cheering on what's going on at Vanguard um, with, the, with the worship nights once a month now. Every month it's happening at Vanguard, every month. A lot of these guys, Michael Ketterer and Ryan Ellis and Gus and big crew with Kieran, they're, they're doing it and we're excited. It's, that's gonna start happening and the revival nights are, are gonna be more and more. So um, what else do you guys see God doing? Um, obviously we're getting together and we're dreaming about you know a year from now what God's calling us to, but uh, we really feel that the Lord would have us do an altar call every Sunday. Um, and, and for some people, you may have gone to a church where maybe they only do that once a month. Uh, we, or maybe they did it more often. I, I haven't been a part of a lot of communities where every single week, and it's a good day when nobody raises their hand because that means everybody's saved in their room, amen? But that's just something we feel like right now, immediately, that's something that's gonna carry on in one year, five years, you know, seven years, 12 years. Um, but also just our, our vision statement that God gave us that day at the strategic meeting, um, and that is encountering God together, equipping powerful people, and transforming culture with the love of Jesus. So, so those are three things, and that may change. God may say, hey, I wanna give you something else for this next season or this next year or whatnot, but for right now, that's what God has said. I want you know, encounter me together as a family equip people to be powerful and know who they are, for them to know their identities in me so that they can go out and transform culture with the love of Jesus. And so those, those are three areas that we really feel that God has called us to. And, and honestly, y'all, we, Paris and I have been a part of four church plants. I, I, I feel like a little Paul, you know, a little Paul and Timothy running around uh, planting seeds and, and church planting, and I have a heart for the local church. But this has been such a wild ride for me because God literally just gives us dreams and visions, you know, weekly, monthly as to where he's taken us. We hear from a lot of y'all uh, prophetic words and what God is saying to you to share with us. And so though we don't have like a, here's a 12 step to where we're going, we are fully relying on Jesus to lead us. He is our senior leader. We are fully relying on him to take us where he wants to take us and to give us his vision. Because if we're not having fun together, we probably don't wanna hang out. If we're not encountering God together, we probably shouldn't meet. If we're not seeing the ministry that Jesus did, miracles, signs, and wonders, we're probably not doing his ministry. Right, what did Jesus do in the, in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when you read through, what was he doing? He was preaching the gospel. People were giving their lives to him and he was seeing people healed. Miracle signs and wonders were happening every place he went. And so if we ever have a Sunday where God's just not doing what God does, 
then we're probably not doing it right. And so I just wanted to share that with you guys, just the vision that he's given us, that it might change, that we're just, we're really not relying on our own wisdom, uh, on what we've done in the past, on, on, on our experience, but we're just asking Papa God, what do you want for this church? What do you want for this community? And so altar calls, family, encounters, miracle signs and wonders, those are all things that we believe he's called us to now and probably forever. Hey, we're gonna open it up. If you wanna, if you have a testimony and you really f- feel led to share, if you wanna come, kind of stand where Stephen is. We're gonna do about thirty seconds, so we'd love to hear from a few people. We're gonna start with Stephen. Um, yeah, we want we want to hear testimonies of things that have happened in the community here in the last year. Yeah, yeah, thirty seconds. Uh, we will um, cue the there's a, music. There's a slide just so that people are clear, and uh, I think it's under like the talking folder. And so specifically, these are, these are not just testimonies of like, I got healed, I got that. What we're actually kind of looking for, is I think it'd be, we, the vision for this was, um, I want, I'll, we'd love to hear, and I know it's not a long time to share, so you kind of got to be really strategic in what you share, okay? Um, but I, I'd really love, we, we, we just wanted to hear like how people's lives are being transformed. So clearly God is healing a lot of people. Like we've lost count. I wish we had kept count. Um, but we really wanted to hear like, you know, my life was like this, and now because of this community, because one Sunday I came in and God did this, God did this, and now I'm living in this place or whatever. So something to that, that effect, and if, if it's close to that, that's beautiful. We're not gonna over, um, yeah, and then we might, yeah, and we're gonna, go ahead, go ahead. Hi guys, I'm Steven, uh, one of the home group leaders. So basically a year ago, I actually didn't come up into Orange County until about May, and I started coming to church around June. So like a year ago, uh, basically, you know, I'd never heard of the supernatural, like prophecy, words of knowledge. It was just something that was in 1 Corinthians 12. Didn't really know what it meant. Um, and just like basically my history was I had walked away from the Lord when I was I'm in the Navy. Uh, so basically I just kind of hadn't pursuing. And then basically last January, I hit like a wall, just had like an emotional breakdown. And so I started seeking after the Lord and I was just praying like, hey, I just want a community because I was alone. All my Navy friends had left. Uh, I basically had, you know, living the consequences of making bad choices. And so basically I had shame. I had, I just despised myself. I was just hopeless and desperate and just like in a bad place. And so that was basically last March. I was in this process of just digging in and, and just praying about it. And just, I was praying for, that I would be prepared for a community and that a community would be prepared for me. And so basically if you're, if you're, God's so good that he not only answers my prayers, but he answers other people's prayers by answering mine. That's so just it's awesome hearing like Gus's, you know, he's like, hey, he was praying the same prayer. Other people have been praying the same prayer. And so he basically answers everyone's prayers by bringing us together. Um, and so just kind of like, it's been awesome as far as being in this, in this community, in this culture, just learning, you know, what, what it means like to seek God first, what it means to honor others and freedom and just decla- learning about declarations. Basically, after being in this community, I learned about declarations and I declared in my life that my past had no longer had any control over me. And it completely broke off. Um, it was just like, I haven't had any issue with it ever since then. <laughs> and so, I mean, also just like, again, I'd never heard of what a prophecy was, what words and knowledge were. And like, you just experience that and you start, you're just pressing in, you just show up and just press in. And that's honestly like, God starts honoring you as you basically just press into his community. Um, and so, um, anyway, just like as far as honoring the leaders up here, uh, for the Navy, I basically, I lead people and I manage people. And I think one of the, the huge things that it's important for a leader to do is establish the culture for the group. 
Um, and I think that's something that these guys have done awesome because if you establish the culture, everyone else kind of gets the buy-in and then they start transforming the culture because they live out that culture that the leaders have established. And so, um, anyways, I just want to encourage you, like, if you're not sure, you know, like, if this place is for you, just kind of keep showing up. That's what I did. I just started showing up. These, honestly, it seemed kind of weird when I first got here because <laughs> I was like, or were they talking about prophecy, words of knowledge? It's like, they're just acting crazy because they were, quote-unquote, drunk in the spirit. And I was like, I don't know what any of this means, but they're free, they're fun-loving, and they, you know, they're just awesome at loving people. And so I just like, all right, I'll just keep showing up, and it's made the world a difference. So, anyways. I want to look at them. Hi, my name's Amal Khalil. I live across the street since 1982. Uh, a few years ago, I'd say about three years ago, I found out there was some shenanigans going on in the Shark Club. And I'm like, God, no way, no how San Francisco is coming into Costa Mesa. So I started praying, because I used to go to the river down the street. I started praying on my way to the river every time I go by the Shark Club. In Jesus' name, I cast you down. <laughs> Holy Spirit's going to reign in this house. <laughs> and I told the Lord that I want the kind of worship, my kind of worship. And I told the Lord, I can't go to Bethel. Bring them here. <laughs> I live in the track off Fairview and Baker, which is your dreams. And the enemy holds me down by physical illness. And of all places, I was in a tattoo shop on Harbor, worshiping the Lord in fellowship. And I met a guy there, and he said, oh, there's this great church. They're just a month old, and it's this building with an M. And I had seen the M, and when I saw Shark, Shark Club no longer an M, I started, hallelujah, it's majesty of the Lord in this house. And, and so I tried to come, but I couldn't because I was ill. And I came about two months ago by the grace of God. But this Last night I was fellowshipping in Laguna, and I literally just continued worshiping the Lord through the night. I went to bed at 5.30. I have chronic fatigue syndrome. I'm standing here by the grace of God in his strength just to hear your testimony because I had no clue what Come was going on. on. So I want to awesome. give grace to the Lord. Praise God. Come on, <laughs> give a hand. My Come on. Hey, um, my name's Sterling, for some of you that don't know. Hey, what's up? Hi, everybody. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is crazy. Um, and I haven't, like, announced this, like, in public or anything like that yet, so a couple people know. But um, before Christmas, you guys had the singles, like, after church thing, you know, after service, datings, whatever you would call it. Um, and, gosh, it was so awesome, like, I went once, sorry. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> but um, during that time, you guys were talking about, like, what, what's something that you love about being single? Um, and I, I don't know if you remember, um, but I said the freedom I have. And then afterward, I went up and I, and I took it back because there's so much freedom in marriage and there's so much freedom, like, in Christ in that sense. So in singleness, there's freedom. In marriage, there's freedom. In singleness, there's responsibility. In marriage, there's responsibility. 
And um, so I go up to the mountains with God, and we spend some time together a few nights, and it was so just intimate and real, and we made memories, and it was really cool. And I was journaling a conversation I was having with them, and I just, like, went in. And finally, like, I just embraced the intrigue that I've had for years um, of singleness and feeling, um, wow, this is hitting me. I'm feeling called to singleness for life and celibacy. And um, totally, like it's crazy, but like God has like taken, a, it's, the, it's super weird, but he's taken away like that sex drive that I've been like manipulated by and, and have abused in my life. He's taken that away and that when I see any woman, any man in my life that I come in contact with them, I see them as like, as brothers and sisters in Christ. I see them as future, like, children of God. I see them as orphans waiting to know the love of their father. And then I, I come in contact and I talk with them and I, and I just, my heart for them is to encourage them and empower them to just live out the calling that God has, like, put on their life and to make sure that they know their identity in Christ before they go seek out another relationship. But this is crazy. Like, so it's, I've been, like, three months in and it's been so rad. Like, it's, it's nuts, but it's so cool. And then, like, the trust that I'm gaining from our community, like, from people, the one-on-one -on -one time that I spend with guys and girls, they fully know, like, where my heart is. And it's just, like, so awesome and just, like, safe and real and empowering. And so just thank you guys for awesome. just being open for that. Appreciate Thanks, Dylan. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, first of all, my heart is filled with gratitude because, like, before I got here, I had a lot of shame, a lot of fear, a lot of, a lot of just a lot of junk. Like LAX baggage carousel number two at Southwest Terminal. That was my life. <laughs> and when I got here, I was like, you know, maybe I'm crazy for Christ's sake. It's a possibility. And I was blessed to have really been ushered into this by Jordan. I thank God for you, man. And um, it's, I found my identity. I, I've been a, a head guy for my whole life. I've lived in my head for my whole life. And I was able to discover my heart, you know, who I was in Christ and really like, it's real. Yeah. And going after what is natural, healing on the street, um, prophetic, the gifts of the spirit, I, it would have never been possible if it weren't for the community here. And Come I feel on. like this is, this is my gym. You know, and then I get to go out on the street and actually exercise it every day, and it's with joy and like wonder yeah. that I love to do that. That's so, good, man. Thank you. Yeah, come on. So we gotta we gotta keep these a little shorter, just so we can get last, and we'll just whoever's left, whoever's there, we'll we'll hit up. Um, is that good? So uh, my name is Michael Erickson. Um, I grew up as a missionary kid in, in Turkey, in the Middle East, and uh, I, was, I came back to the States in 2011 and was in three different communities, going to Bethel Church in Northern California. And so it was a lot of transition as I had moved back from Turkey to the United States in January 2016. And uh, I was just in a transition trying to look, find my community. as My community I thought I had been previously wasn't the right place for me. And so when I heard about Presence OC, I was like, you know, let me check it out. And as I started to go here, I realized God was showing me that um, I had not been given, um, I had not been honored in other churches, unfortunately. 
and it was a real heartache for me and a real pain. And um, as a community, I really value and really honor you guys for honoring me as someone who's, you know, maybe growing up in a different culture, different place, but we're all the same family and who's loved each other. And so, and um, I mean, I've loved the, the family feel that you guys really bring and it really like helped, it's opening me up to be who I really am in my identity. I mean, I went through a lot of identity change going through Northern California Bethel Church and through Heidi Baker's Iris Ministries, but I hadn't really expanded in that, understanding it in my heart, from my mind to my heart. And so it's just been really encouraging to see that, and especially even going to Paris's single classes, that's been great, encouraging me as a singles guy. And so thank you, yeah. bless you. Awesome. I just wanted to encourage all of you that God can do anything in your finances. Um, my story is I recently rededicated my life um, back in November and found my way here through friends on January 1st. Um, the second week I was here, it was when Jesse was teaching about um, in the book of John and the verse was, if you uh, abide in me and I abide in you, everything you wish for will be granted. And um, we broke up into groups and we were, you know, just in and talking in the groups. And, you know, so we were supposed to say what we wished for. And I wished that I could go to Israel with Hillsong United. They're doing a trip. So, um, you know, and I had prayed before when I saw the trip and said, you know, God, if I'm supposed to be there, it's, it was an, it's an expensive trip. If I'm supposed to be there, please provide a way financially. And um, after we were done praying in the group and everything, um, uh, the gentleman, one of the gentlemen that I was with, um, the Reed family, who is so amazing, um, said, uh, I believe you're supposed to go on that trip and I'm gonna give you $2,500 towards the trip. So he gave me $2,500, the family did, which I'm so grateful for. And I'm going to Israel in April. So if you're supposed to do something, um, you know, in, in anything, you know, God will provide a way financially. God will provide for you. So I just wanted to encourage everybody with that. Awesome. Okay, we'll do, we'll do one more. Yeah, so just sorry, guys, one more. Yeah, hi, my name's Denny. Um, I got saved nine years ago, and I grew up in Huntington Beach my whole life. In 2010, I stepped foot in Africa, and I was like, oh, I'm home. And I came back, and I just, like, I just despised Orange County, and so it, it's true, and it's like, it wasn't God's heart, and so now, like, officially, my wife and I are moving to Africa full-time in six months, but it's like, I'm sad to leave, and it's just the shift. This is the longest I've ever gone to church for in my whole life, one year straight, and it's just like, I love the church, and it's just been cool to be a part of something um, bigger than yourself and to be in a culture like this, so I'm genuinely, like, sad that we're leaving instead of, like, get me out of here. So it's just a big change in my heart. So bless you guys. All right, all right, one more. Just hang tight, you guys. These are good. This, this is probably what we should have spent the whole time doing, so that's all right. Um, I just wanted to say the power of community has changed my life this year. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, anyways, I have never led worship on a stage or with a team or with a band so that has been completely new for me this year, but I felt like God called me right when they started the church. I was like, I know I'm supposed to. So I joined, took a risk, and I have been changed by the power of people believing in me and God just like showing me who I am and my identity. So last time I sang, like that was just like, God had just 
broke through and brought freedom where I am actually believing that I'm a worshiper, I'm believing who I am. And then I felt like the whole church believed in me and I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. So anyway. That's incredible. Give Jesus a shout, this is incredible. This is incredible. Jesus! Why don't you guys just stand? We're just gonna sing for about just one minute, maybe two minutes, just, just a quick thing. They're gonna light a candle here on the birthday cake. Uh, we're gonna take an offering because just to sow into some of the stuff that God's doing. We actually, I'll do that after we sing, but we actually, like we said, we don't need your money. We just need God's money. Is it his or is it not? And uh, the reality is we talk about money in the church and, and that's when all of us get the most offended. But you realize that many of you are here in this room because someone gave money to the gospel of the kingdom and someone preached the gospel to you. That actually it takes, it takes finances for the gospel to be preached. That's why, that's why a lot of times we get offended around money because the enemy wants to keep us from breakthrough that's there. Uh, I would encourage you, if you're stressed about money, start giving some away. If you're stressed about money, it's actually, it's actually because money's becoming an idol in your life. Um, and the Lord actually wants to set you free. If you wanna live in prosperity, you have to have more than enough to give away. Uh, I could read you guys, I'm not gonna read you guys a bunch of Bible verses on it. I could, the entire New Testament is filled with Bible verses concerning money. Paul talking about how you guys were so generous, it enabled me to go to preach the gospel. Um, I'm not saying this as a ploy for money. We actually are doing pretty good as a church community. I'm actually saying this as a ploy because God wants to prosper you personally in your own life. You have to let go of something for God to give you something. We don't even preach about tithing, but if you're not giving 10%, then you're missing out on something. It's totally true, but uh, I, wanna, I wanna, in all the, all the testimonies and what God's doing, I wanna worship. I want you to ask him if he'd have you give something, give it. If, if he wouldn't have you give anything, that's fine. If you're first time here, you don't have to give a dime. But if you want God to prosper in a special way, consider giving somewhere. Give to some ministry. Give to something that God's doing. Um, why don't you guys just lift your hands. We're just gonna sing a, a verse of this song. We're gonna light the candle. We're gonna worship for just all the stuff that God's doing. You know, if you're here too and, and you haven't given your life to Jesus, we gave an altar call last week and Somebody turned to them, their neighbor and said, what, why did they do that? And their neighbor actually ended up explaining to them why we do this, ended up leading them to Christ there in their seat. If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, now's the time in this song. Maybe now's the time as we take the offering, put your life in there and ask somebody next to you, say, Chris was talking to me. When they were talking, my heart started to burn. I need to give my life to Jesus. Why don't we just take it into worship? Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.